Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hello, my pretties. I'm your Elvira hostess with the most is Michael Munoz, and welcome to In Yo Mouth! <laughs> in Yo Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood to lick it right, lick it good, show you how to. Oh, God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Yo Welcome back, my pretties. Once again, I'm your hostess with the most is Munoz. And happy Halloween, everybody. Yes. I am super stoked for today's episode on this, the eve before Halloween. Or is it All Hallows Eve? Yes. Um, Because I am calling this episode a very queer Halloween. And as my co-host today, I have somebody who is a recent new friend, and I'm very excited to introduce you to her. Her name is Gabrielle Lenart. Welcome, Gabrielle. Hi, how are you? I am great. So just to give the kids a little background, Gabrielle is a Brooklyn-based entrepreneur, a new friend, food writer, and founder slash CEO of This Queer Kitchen. She is currently pursuing her master's in food studies at New York University. That's NYU, y'all. Did you hear that? N-Y to the motherfucking U. Uh, while working part-time as a pastry assistant for Wind Sun Bakery and coordinating events for this queer kitchen, whose mission is to facilitate connections in the queer community using food as the medium. Welcome. Welcome. That was... That was a lot. That's great. <laughs> you're, you're killing it in the game, girl. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I think Halloween is a great time to talk about queerism and food. Oh, is it? Is it? How so? <laughs> I mean, there's a connection between, you know, I guess dressing up and ex like creative expression and eating candy and just, you know, being somebody else for the night without anybody else knowing about it. I love that. I absolutely love that. But before we even get way ahead of ourselves, happy National Candy Corn Day. Ooh. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it. I love candy corn. I am glad you love candy corn because I am not. I'm very indifferent to candy corn. If it's there, I will eat it, but I don't hate it. Yeah, I just think like a lot of people hate on it. But when you're a kid, it's very nostalgic like to eat it now and, and things like that. I just I think it's great. 
Um, I am a fan of candy corn. And why do you think it is that so many people hate candy corn? There is a big divide, even in the Wikipedia, <laughs> in the Wikipedia um, analog or description of where candy corn came from. It, it even says um, that it's that it causes a lot of discord. Why do, why do we think this is? I guess there's just like a lot of trauma around candy corn, like. For me personally, I never ate enough to get sick, but I bet people are like concerned when like they're little and stuff like eating all this candy corn and then getting sick. But maybe there's some other stuff that nobody's talking about, you know, where were you when you when you discovered that candy corn, if you line them all up, resemble corn? Um, I would say in this room right now. (laughs) (laughs) So Thank you for that information. Did you really not know that? Uh, no, I did. <laughs> no, I didn't. Thanks for sharing. Really? That's so great. Yeah, I, I never knew that. I mean, I, I, they look like kernels to me. I grew up in the suburbs and like there were so many farms around me. So I know what a corn, like a corn kernel looks like, but I wouldn't think about putting them together. Yeah. If you put them together in a circle and then stack them up on top of each other, they'll form a corn cob. Yeah. That's, that's something. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Y'all in your mouth listeners. Gabrielle's mind is blown. <laughs> P.S. Chicken feed was the original name of candy, of the candy corn, and it's as old as 1880. Wow. That's how far back candy corn goes. I would love to taste one from that time. Is that weird? Uh, no, it's actually, according to Wikipedia, thanks, it's actually not made very differently today. So, uh, I mean, it's sugar, corn syrup, carnu- corn Auba wax, whatever that is, <laughs> and water, um, and fondant. Right. Yeah, it seems like it is made up out of those types of things. I don't know. I don't know. Well, y'all out there, if you hate it or you love it, it still doesn't change the fact that it's National Candy Corn Day. <laughs> yeah, so go out and either buy a bag and throw it out or, <laughs> or buy a bag and eat some. Um, taking Gabrielle into this day in gay History. In 1974, the Cycle Sluts, 14 men in lingerie, makeup, beehives, beards, mustaches, and leather jackets premiere in Los Angeles. Do you, have you ever heard of the Cycle Sluts before? I have not, but you know what? It reminds me of a Bushwick Friday night. You know what? It's it's pretty much what it is. It's It was these really gender-bendery men that put on these major... Kind of, you know, Rocky Horror esque productions. Yes. Everything. Yeah. It was skirts and wigs and makeup and it's very Bushwig, Bushwick. Very, very Brooklyn. Yeah. So Brooklyn. But Brooklyn. Before Brooklyn was cool. Yes. Even though I'm from Brooklyn. So Brooklyn has always been cool. (laughs) (laughs) But I love this and I thought it was very appropriate on this, our very queer Halloween episode. Yes. (laughs) To talk about this. Um, yeah, if you don't know who the Cycle Sluts were, folks, go out and just Google because it's they have a very, very interesting history, and it's fabulous. They would even for, perform for people like Lucille Ball, Joan Rivers, and they were sold out all the time. Okay, so it was like an like an enter, for entertainment purposes. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, in Los Angeles, nineteen seventy five, the Cycle Sluts were the it girls of gay culture, attracting Ooh. gay and straight audiences alike in their nightclub appearances at the Whiskey A Go Go, the Roxy, and other hip venues. 
Hollywood's most famous celebrities of the era, including Lucille Ball, disco divas, producers, managers, and agents alike, Alan Carr, um, commandeered the star booths night after night. Isn't that crazy? Like, people were, like, beating down the doors to get it. And, you know, like, in the 1970s, I feel like that's not really something people talked about. So for these people to go out there and do this kind of thing, it's, you know, it's really, like, I guess, freeing. And it brings some attention to, like, I guess, queer culture. So I think that's really awesome. I love that. Yeah. Um, and that was part of the reason they were doing it, to to be like, we are here, we are queer, and let our presence be known. And, you know, just goes to show you that... The queer people have been here forever. Yeah. Forever. And we're not going anywhere, in case anybody's wondering. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they're listening to this pod, um, th- I think they get that. I, 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 think, I think they're on our side. So talk to me a little bit, Gabrielle, because I think I heard that this queer kitchen may be doing something fun for Halloween. Um, we actually are not putting on an event, but we are making spicy candy for a gift bag. Um, for a queer party with uh, people from Queer Soup Night, um, Woldy, who they all have like queer food businesses. It's a lot like a Brooklyn culture queer food sphere, and it's called um, Hollow Queer Bites. And so it's a, a lineup of queer chefs making um, like scary Halloween bites, and then we're making spicy saltwater taffy for the gift bag. Ooh, spicy saltwater taffy. Yeah, like first it's sweet, and then you're like, what the hell am I eating? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I don't know if that's a good thing. (laughs) You know, I'm, well, my background is um, when I, I went to Penn State for food science and my research focused on capsaicin. So I was always doing these crazy things with really spicy compounds. And one of my um, like projects was working on spicy candy to see like the threshold of what people could hold, but doing it in a, like a sweet way. So they weren't too, I guess, like mad at me for making them eat all this like candy. Cause who can be really mad about eating candy? Wait, <laughs> how do you end up in a food science program yeah. focusing on capsaicin. Yeah. Explain to the kids what capsaicin is first and then move on. Capsaicin is the um, main component in chili peppers. And so it's an organic compound. Um, it's derived from the peppers. And then I would use the pure concentrated formula and then I would cut it with ethanol and water and then I'd make it into saltwater taffy. Oh, yeah. oh no, hold on. To tell you a really funny story, one time when we were making the the saltwater taffy, we mixed up the math by one zero. Instead of making the saltwater taffy like eight parts per million, because it's really, really strong, right? I'm using concentrated stuff. If I drop the bottle, everybody in the building needs to be evacuated. So um, I moved the zero over by accident and ended up making 80 parts per million uh, saltwater taffy. And it literally was the hottest thing I've ever eaten. I made 200 pieces. And instead of throwing it out, I went and gave it out to all my friends. Oh my God. <laughs> to this day, people are still like, remember that time you gave us the hottest thing I've ever eaten in candy form? That is a lesson to be learned, folks. Lesson to be learned. That don't, don't fuck with Gabby. <laughs> you know what? I think that's a better lesson, honestly. <laughs> I love that. She's like, Bitches, don't fuck with me. Uh-uh. I will give you some saltwater taffy that will burn 
going in and coming out, Jesus. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. So who's ready to take some uh, Halloween candy from me? Do I have any takers out there? Nobody. Absolutely <laughs> nobody, I would imagine. How funny. How funny. How exciting. Yeah. Explain. I, wa- I want to kind of touch on how you ended up forming this queer kitchen really quick before we get into the fun spooky stare yeah. uh, scary hallow queer and i love that maybe that needs queer. you said it not yeah. me i think that may need to be the name of this episode by the way hallow queer right yeah. um anywho how you ended up in this queer kitchen and not that queer kitchen <laughs> <laughs> love it love it Previously, as you said, I am getting my master's right now at NYU, and when I first moved here a little over three years ago, I was always active in the queer community. I was, like, the vice president of every queer organization and, like, just really wanted to be visible, wanted to be proud, and wanted to, like, be able to facilitate connections in the queer community. Um, During one of my classes here, I was probed with either creating a website that was about me or about a queer, about a business, not queer, but... My professor, who is also part of the community, called me on my phone and was like, you are not doing a personal one. I know your history. You need to do something else. And me being burnout at my full-time marketing job, which was just my life was like not anything I wanted it to be, was like, this is not what I want to do. But I sat down and I did it and I created this queer kitchen as a media, a food media source. And I would go around and interview activists in the queer food sphere and, excuse me, queer food sphere and just you know, talk to them about what's going on. Like, what can we do here? Like there seems to be like a niche and a need right now. And then I had 26 followers. They were all people in my class. And then I would say two or three months passed by and I just started gaining a little bit of a following. I woke up and I had like one or 2000 followers. I'm like, what is going on here? Like this was a a passion project for myself. Right. And then I realized I feel like my whole like life mission and everything I always want to do is interpersonal relations with food, culture, connection, everything like that. And I was like, I moved here. I need to make an impact in the New York City area. And so I restructured, I re branded everything and was like all right i'm having a launch party i did it at butter and scotch which is a feminist bar in crown heights they're amazing yeah shout out to butter and scotch best cake ever i have yet to get there but we are forever talking to each other via instagram and i love everything they post and allison is amazing you need to take me we need to go oh all right it's a date we should do it um Yeah, and they were, like, super on board with it. And their venue is, like, a decent size. It's 40 to 60 people. I was never worried about hitting capacity. This is my first event I've ever done. And 100 people showed up. There was, like, a small line. I'm like, what is going on? How is this possible? It was the best problem to have. And then from there... I just started having events um, in the queer community. And then what I, I'm, what we really focus on is being accessible to all communities and focusing on specific minorities um, and demographics per event. So QTPOC, disabled, women with an X, trans plus, non-binary. Um, and I think it's really important to be able to foster those connections because if you're only dealing with one demographic and one culture, you don't really learn a lot. And so I've learned so much just by talking to these types of people and like, Food is the medium for this. So everything we do involves like drag queen cookie decorating, queer cooking classes, potlucks, seated dinners that go to charity. Like everything is just so fun. I meet the best people. Hello, that's how we met. Yeah, true. Right? Oh, yep. That is how we met met because you were on me to get to an event (laughs) and on me because we needed to meet. And we really, really did need to meet. And I'm so happy that we did. You You have dropped a lot of... 
of terminology out there for the children. Yeah. And I know I have a lot of um, straight allies, cis males, cis female yeah. people out there listening to the pod. And thank you for that, y'all. But uh, really, really quickly, I kind of want to do like queer cliff notes, if you if you want to call it, and just define. I feel like I feel like if you're not part of the community, you don't really understand what that means. And there's an association of maybe negativity coming to that. So how would you define queer? Um, so I think queer is an umbrella term. And then under that falls LGBTQAI+. And the plus is like really whatever you identify as. Um, it's supposed to be an umbrella term. That way nobody's put into any type of boxes, right? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I always said people who feel like other. Yeah. For other, I I call myself I am a gay man, but I'm definitely a queer gay man because right. I don't really connect totally with a masculine, and I don't really overly connect with a feminine. Some days I feel very feminine, and I'm feeling some sort of fantasy, and I and I do that. Some days I feel, you know, like more like a boy today, and and I do that, and so I'm definitely a queer man. And there's something to be said about reclaiming reclaiming terms and making them your own as opposed because that word was derogatory and negative at one point in our history. It's so funny that you say that because I'm originally from uh, the suburbs of Philadelphia and yeah. I Holla, did a- Holla Philly. Woo, we, yep. we love Philly. Pat, Pat or Gino's. Well, see, the thing is, if you're if you're really from Philly, you wouldn't eat it either. <laughs> Little insider Good. tip. Oh, 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 all right, all right. But that's a, that's another episode, girl. That's another episode. But uh, you, you were saying you're from the suburbs of Philly. Yeah. And so whenever I go home, I identify as a queer woman. I'm proud of it. I'm authentic. I'm very loud. <laughs> yeah. So yes, I'm gonna insert I'm gonna insert cheers in there for you. <laughs> So whenever I tell people about my business at home or talk about being queer, um, people are like, why would you call yourself that? And I'm like, call myself what? What I am, a queer woman? They're like, it's just like very derogatory. I'm like, honey, I'm using it to reclaim this word. So yeah, I mean, those are talking moments. And uh, Marty Cummings, uh, do you know who Marty Cummings is? A a drag queen. She's running for office now. She did over a um, over pride. She did a sit down with Gio Benitez on The View, ABC, and mentioned this too and and talked about how these discussion moments and uh, he had this discussion with his mother. I think he goes by they now. So they had this with their mother and just the same conversation about it being derogatory and negative. And he was like, no, 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 no. Like, it's great to ask questions. This is what it is. By the way, don't go out there and be like, you're a queer, you know, (laughs) because that's not okay. But... And I find myself having these discussions with my mom, too, because she, my mother loves a gay bar. Oh but she she gets um, a little timid when she sees queer people and doesn't understand. Yeah. So she'll whisper to me, and, I'm, and I'll be like, okay, put a pin in that and hold that till later because I want to have that discussion, and we can't have that here. Or I'll have that discussion with her then and there, right. just explain to her what trans means, what this is, that, and so on and so forth. Because if you don't have the discussion, how are how are we going to learn? Right. Yeah, I actually like when people say that kind of thing because then it's an educational moment for me. Then I can be like, oh, this is what queer means. This is what I'm doing. It's really cool. Like, I, I am. We are reclaiming the word and we are here for it. But you know what? On to hollow queer. Ah! 
<laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> right? But, um, you know, just to lighten it up, because we've, we've given the kids all the information that they need, I think, for right now yeah. on, on our history. Um, do you have, a, like, a favorite, a favorite Halloween moment? Or what's your favorite thing about Halloween? I just love being able to, like, be somebody else for another day. I really find it like very artistically expressed, like ex- I find it artistic expression and I love just like putting on this facade of like, you don't have to be who you really are tonight. I mean, you know, there are always like limits to that type of thing, but, and trying things out, like maybe I've done drag before and I loved it, which no one, just to give the viewers a little bit of background, I'm a very feminine presenting woman. So nobody would ever even think I'm part of the community because of all, you know, the the stigma around and the it stereotypes, and yeah. But I dress and I look like a mean drag king, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I, I'm gonna have to get my hands on some of those pictures. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll post it when when the episode comes out in our stories. It'll be great. Oh yeah, that sounds great. I'll send you some pictures. Of yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I I really love Halloween. Halloween's the one of two times I've ever been in drag. Miss Loritza de la Playa made an appearance, and she was beautiful as well and everyone uh <laughs> kind of similar to you but in a different way were were like oh my god you're gonna make the ugliest female you're gonna make the ugliest girl and i showed them honey i showed them so if i mean i really love halloween i don't love stressing out about halloween costumes oh and gosh. things it's kind of like new year's yeah it's like too much of a big deal like Listen, the whole like objective is it to, is to have a good time with your friends. It's like a random night of the week usually that you can hang out with your friends, eat some candy, drink some spooky cocktails and like be somebody else. Are you so drinking like, spooky cocktails, girl. I mean, I try to drink <laughs> That spooky. sounds dangerous. <laughs> the one night of the year that if somebody hands me a drink that I don't know and it looks weird, I'll drink it. It's going <laughs> it's going down the gullet. Oh my god. <laughs> I do not advise this. We are not encouraging this behavior. <laughs> do not leave your drinks at a ball, uh, unattended and don't take drinks from strangers. <laughs> but if you're feeling a little frisky that night, well, are you be forewarned. At your own discretion, okay? <laughs> oh my god. The I mean, what is what do you think our session especially in like the community is with is with Halloween. I feel like Halloween is really, really big for us. It is. For the queer community, I think Halloween is a night of uh, reclamation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Re- yes. oh, that's... <laughs> I feel like I've just entered, yeah. like, the scene of Hocus Pocus. It's a night of reclamation. And then they just, like, the three sisters just stomp out. Stomp out. Yeah. I put a book. <laughs> <laughs> So it's a night of reclamation. Yeah. In what way? In in the same way as the Pride marches or in a different way? Kind of. I guess it, it stems back to expressing yourself. And maybe for those who are afraid to try out drag or tra- afraid to like present more masculine and they usually don't, they can do that without being judged because everybody else is dressing up. Uh, except for gay men because gay men... <laughs> gay men. <laughs> Gay men's costumes are, uh, there's that meme out there. Have you ever seen that meme? 
about gay men in Halloween. It's just a, a man in, with pecs and abs in a harness, and it says, a witch, a, a, a bear, a lion, or whatever, and it's just the same Alvin. torso in a harness. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's really true. Yeah, I, 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 it's not so much with uh, with the ladies out there, but the men just really love to give you all the sexy, the sexy superheroes, the yes. sexy gladiators, the sexy corn cobs. <laughs> <laughs> they put bunny ears on and wear nothing else but boxers, and all of a sudden they're a furry animal. <laughs> that's it, you know. They're they're they go as Bugs Bunny. Yeah, Do I fun. look hot? Puts on a different pair of ears. Oh my god, those are so much better. <laughs> I can picture it right now. <laughs> Speaking of costumes, I thought it would be really funny to share that, or like, I think something that often is spoke about is couples costumes within our community. Because one, somebody always has to be male presenting, and I'm like, that is bullshit. Oh, interesting. Um, I mean, it's uh, fun, <laughs> but... I I don't think I've ever been attached to anybody uh during halloween to have a couple's costume although funnily enough that you brought up couple's costumes and that um you brought up couple costumes and that dynamic it's so funny because last year i went to provincetown with a really good friend of mine john and it was just us two so we were doing like uh, essentially couple's costumes and this year we're uh, and this year i'm going tomorrow um, we're doing quote unquote couples costumes and we're dressing up as uh, Dorothy and Blanche in the from the Golden Girls in the famous scene where they're working out. You know, Whirly Bird, yeah, yeah. Jackhammer, for those of you out there that don't know, go find that episode. It's great. And we're also doing Yogi and Boo Boo. Oh, that's so cute. Right? Yeah, really we have cute. a couple other things up our sleeve as well. I mean, I don't think you need to be in a relationship to have a couple's costume. My roommate, um, she's like one of my biggest supporters and she's straight and like the biggest ally ever. She's like, we should do a couple's costume this year. And I was like, all right, that's that sounds great. You know, it's really nice. And she's also a woman, too. So I think it would be really interesting to to see how we play out but for every single costume we came up with it was like okay you can be the male presenting one and i'll be the female presenting one and i'm like megan <laughs> i mean she means it harmlessly but it, it would be kind of funny i guess it's like um goes back to like my drag background but um one year when i was um with my girlfriend i made her do a couple's costume with me and she dreaded it she did not want to do it and i think that's what it made it so funny for me we dressed up as Peter Pan and, um, oh my gosh, Tinkerbell. And it was so, so cute. And I made her make her own costume. Like, I wouldn't let us buy them. Oh I was like, God. nothing is going to satisfy me as much as watching you cut a green t-shirt into this couple's costume. And honestly, we looked amazing. But it's just like the thought of her not wanting to do it, but still doing it just because I wanted it was just so satisfying. I love that. I love that. Last year, John and I... Did we thought we were good because Provincetown is cold. It's on the Cape. It's on the peninsula. It's cold. So last year, John and I were, were thought we were cute and just did onesies, like furry onesies, because we figured that's what everyone was going to be in. Nope. Nope. The gays were like, we do not give a fuck. It is two below zero and we are still out with nothing on. And this year we said, oh, we have to step up our game. We can't just go out in our Winnie the Pooh and Piglet onesies or our unicorn onesies because it looks like we didn't try. We did. We did. And speaking of bringing the heat, I think in your mouth, listeners, it's time to introduce Gabrielle to my favorite part and your favorite part of the pod, 
Food news update. Food news. Food news. Oh, honey, you ain't ready, girl. Spill the tea. This company made a sexy Halloween costume inspired by the Popeye's chicken sandwich. (laughs) Oh, my God. Would you wear a sexy Popeye's chicken sandwich costume for Halloween? Honestly, I'm really into the intersection of food and sexuality. So absolutely. Oh, my God. (laughs) Butter butter me up, baby. You just took that to a whole nother level. I, you know what, guys? I am really into the intersection <laughs> of food and sexuality. What does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. I am dead. Uh, basically, thank you, Delish for the Delish.com for this article. Basically, this costume company made a sexy leotard essentially off the shoulder it's actually really really cute costume that somewhat resembles the popeye's chicken sandwich (laughs) have you seen this thing have you seen this picture of this thing oh my god it's wait a minute i have to show it to you oh my goodness (laughs) what does that look like it does not look like a chicken sandwich everyone (laughs) also i heard that they're sold out so i think this might be the closest thing you can get to it (laughs) i mean i mean really no they're coming back with them like in november sometimes p.s popeyes for thanksgiving makes a turkey that it's deep fried and in all their southern seasonings and whatnot and i'm dying to get my hands no that sounds phenomenal right yeah Oh, my God. So good. Basically, it's a chicken sandwich costume, though, y'all. y'all. And there's even a sexy Beyond Burger costume. Oh, sign me up. <laughs> Love some clam-based alternatives, honey. <laughs> so not only can you be at the intersection of food and sexuality, but, and, but now you can add veganism on top of that, you know, with a little side of veganism. And now you have your perfect Listen. queer... Queer, <laughs> hollow queer costume. Inclusivity is important. <laughs> Natty Light will give one person $10,000 for winning this Adulting Fears costume contest. Yes, folks. Yes. Uh, Gabrielle is like, what is he talking about? <laughs> have you ever had a Natty Light? I have. A yeah. beer? Are I you went, a beer drinker? I went to Penn State, so I might have had a few. <laughs> So apparently Natty Light is having a, a costume contest this year and they want to reward you uh, not for dressing up like Barb from Stranger Things uh, for the third year in a row. Thank you, Delish.com, for being cheeky, but for dressing like one of the fears you encounter in your everyday life. OK, we need a pause. What would you dress up like? Oh, my God. Um, well, a few things. Y'all should see his face. It's scary. It's scary. I'm going to, I'll leave that pregnant pause in there too. (laughs) I think emptying out the last of my crap from my mother's house, right? Which I haven't thought about in years. That's probably scary as, as I approach, you know, middle age. Um, (laughs) Or maybe who knows biggest fears. uh, That's it. Or being like broke. Maybe that's it. Well, especially because, New York City is a beast in itself. Yeah, more broke, more broke than than normal. Yeah, you know, because I I don't. I mean, I make a little bit of money, but 
I would say small spaces. I cannot take small spaces. You would dress up like claustrophobia? Yeah, I would. I would like put myself in a really small box and then probably just, you know, scream for a few hours. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Oh, you know what I would dress up? Pooping on a stuck train in a tunnel. Okay. That's what I would Definitely dress up. Definitely a biggest fear. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Like having to really take a poop, and the, the, someone decided to like do something on the train, and now the train is stuck in a tunnel for an hour. If you are a New Yorker, everyone has this fear. Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> everyone. That's real. Right. That what that costume would look like sweat and a mess. Your face is still very anxious. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, folks out there, if you end up dressing up like this and winning that 10K, uh, Gabrielle and I at least get 8%, all right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, if you want to participate, all you need to do is dress up like one of your biggest fears as an adult and post it on Instagram or Twitter with the hashtag NattyScaries and hashtag contest. <laughs> And there you go. You know, a winner will be chosen based on creativity, originality and relevance to the contest theme and awarded with 10,000 big ones. Yes. Yeah. What would you do with that $10,000? What wouldn't even begin to start to pay off my student loans? I just paid mine off 17 years, 17 years later. Wow. That's awesome. I don't think I'm ever going to pay mine off. Honestly, Don't worry. That's everybody else, too. So. Um, I would probably go on a really nice vacation. Lovely, lovely. Well, you know what? Get <laughs> get to crafting that subway. I'll give it to you. Girl. True, I think my Halloween plans have automatically changed. Burger King's Halloween Ghost Whopper comes on a cheddar cheese flavored bun. So by ghost, do you mean ghost pepper or there's no bun? That's what... <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, just a patty. <laughs> not even. There's just... They wrap... They wrap, they fill it with air, you know, (laughs) the wrapper is just filled with air and you think you're getting a a Whopper that you paid $8 for. But when you open the thing, there's nothing in there. Honestly, that's so funny. (laughs) For those of you on intermittent fasting, this will work great. Yeah. And it won't break your wallet either. $8 is pretty cheap. I, I bet you, I don't know how much is a Whopper these days. When's the last time you went to Burger King? Okay, I'm going to make a confession. I probably went about a month ago, but to try the Impossible Burger. That they cook on... The same probably skillet as they cook the meat. meat. Are you vegetarian? Yeah. Um, I'm a flexitarian, which uh, means... <laughs> yep, sorry. I, I always get the eyes. It's okay. Well, I'm just going to admit it. That, they were full, yes. that was full judgment. Yes. Well, um, I would say I'm pescatarian, but because I work with so many different cultures, I believe that it's important to enjoy others' food as they originally were, and thus I try meat when I'm put in that situation. So it's the intersectionality of food and cultures. Yes, yes, Yes. just to bring us full circle here. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) love Love that that too. (laughs) So anyway, um, thanks once again. Delish.com, by the way, if if you don't go there for your food news, you are missing out because the most ridiculous, they post the most ridiculous ish. Yet informed. But yes, between them and Munchies and a couple other spots, like they're my go-to guys. But apparently Burger King took to the spirits truly to, ta- uh, to taste test its new Ghost Whopper sandwich. Yes. The burger, which will be in select stores for a limited time starting October 24th, is served on a white cheddar flavored spectral white bun. Ew. 
<laughs> Basically, this it's it's just a Whopper and uh, served on a white bun. Wouldn't that scare you, like to have like an albino bun? It would, but I love the white cheese inclusion. Yes. That sounds really good to me. Well, <laughs> first off, no shade to the albino community out there. <laughs> you all are beautiful, right? I don't know what road I'm going down here. But do we really need more white inclusion? In no, our... no. We do not need any more white inclusion at all. We, Burger King, we just took you and your ghost whopper to a whole nother level. But a cheddar cheese... A white cheddar cheese flavored bun, white or not, I'd definitely be into. I think it would be the white aspect of eating this just like chemically made stark white yeah. shiny bread. Yeah like, yeah, like how do you get it that color without adding like bleach to it? Yeah, or like the top because the top browns on right. bread, right? Yeah, more chemicals. I'm telling you. I mean, well, you know, a little chemical. That's what keeps me looking young. <laughs> And with that, I think that's a great way <laughs> and a very odd way on this Holoqueer episode to end food news update. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. How was that for you, Gabrielle? Are you are, are you informed or are you traumatized? <laughs> um, I would say a mix. Great. Great. Well, it is it is our Holoqueer episode. So it's your my goal has been has been achieved here you know a a, a little scared a little informed a little indifferent you know how i feel about spooky so yes 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 um have you have you seen out there that people especially now that we can get married um that people are doing halloween themed weddings have you seen this yeah that's an obsession in itself and you know what i think they base it sometimes off of scary movies which to me is truly horrifying I do not want to see someone walking down the aisle with an axe in the back of their head. That's <laughs> that's like uh, yeah. yeah. Why would you do that? Are, are you somebody that wants to get married? You know, I haven't really thought about it, but I was maybe down the line I would consider it. Yeah, yeah. If I found the right partner. I mean, you're a young, beautiful lady. I'm like, why not? Why? Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. You know what? Will you marry me? No. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we're switching things up on you over here. Uh, hello. Put that in your mouth. Um, <laughs> I used to think I wanted this grand wedding uh, called Fire and Ice. Ooh. Yeah. And that, uh, and I encountered a bridezilla that dashed all those dreams, and now I want nothing to do with yeah. a large wedding. Yeah. I mean, going back to Halloween weddings, I've seen a lot of people do like Jack and Sally from The Nightmare Before Christmas, which I, I think is kind of cute. If you keep it, like, there's a line, and I think a lot of people cross that line all the time. Yeah, it has to be that Tim Burton yeah. sort of Halloween because it's kooky yeah. and not gory. Yeah. All right, this is a little weird, but when I was younger, I used to watch Ripley's Believe It or Not a lot, and mm-hmm. I saw people get married underwater with hooks in their back. Oh, no. And that, to me, is really crazy and spooky. Yeah, yeah, ill, ill. Do you know people do Halloween-themed funerals? That's very dark. <laughs> it's like taking something that's already, like, very sad and making it more sad if possible. I, I thought it was apparently not, though. This thought came to me randomly when I was building out this episode for yeah. us. And I I was like, I wonder, do people do, like, Halloween-themed funerals? And sure enough, um, a woman's Halloween-themed funeral features witches, Beetlejuice, and a eulogy by Darth Vader. Beetlejuice is my favorite movie. So yes. Like, you can't say it again, though. <laughs> Should I do it anyways? <laughs> 
Apparently, this woman, a grandmother named Lorna, lost her nine-month battle with lung cancer, and her children and grandchildren knew her love for all things Halloween and said the only way to honor her would be to have a Halloween-themed funeral, so much so that the funeral director from the funeral parlor dressed up as Darth Vader to perform the service and lead the processional and all the guests dressed up in Halloween. I, I love that. I think, you know what, it's very, like, it's very endearing to me to have so much love and so much um, admiration for somebody and know what they care about so deeply enough to do something like that. Yeah, I I want a party. I want (laughs) a party. You know what? Me too, sis. Yeah, that's it. Fill my my coffin with cement and throw me in the river and then go have a party. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm out. You know I'm dancing somewhere. Yeah. You know, in the afterlife. This is a really funny thought, but, you know... I feel like there's this, like, stigma around, like, and I'm going to do air quotes here because nobody else can see me, but, like, the lesbian community about being sad and sultry and, like, listening to, like, sad lesbian pop and writing poems and, like, crying mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah, Sarah McLaughlin uh, and that Jewel album took me through my college years, so I get you, girl. <laughs> uh, the, what's her name? She sings Come to My Window. Oh, Melissa um, Etheridge. Melissa Etheridge, yeah. Etheridge. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's so, the... She's the queen. I feel like um, they and like us, because I still I do identify as lesbian as well. But we would have spooky or like funerals like that. Yeah, why? Why not? <laughs> I should, you know, introduce this to the community. Uh, yeah, but it it's like a tag on business for this queer kitchen. After yeah, after I like, um, I'm finished with this queer kitchen. Maybe I would do funerals for. Queer yeah. and lesbian couples. Yeah, why not? Funerals. I, I think we have it. I think That's we're it. on Next to something. That's business idea. That's it. <laughs> uh, it's just like, you know, you can have, we'll have a booklet. But and it could be, be like, themes. yeah, themes, like New Orleans theme. Avril Lavigne. Avril. <laughs> <laughs> not Avril Lavigne. I mean. <laughs> Avril Lavigne. Who remembers Avril Lavigne? <laughs> I won't say I was listening to her earlier, but... If we have to have Avril Lavigne, there has to be like a, a Mandy Moore-themed funeral then uh, or something. Yes. Please, Mandy Moore. <laughs> I am... I'm dead. I am dead. I'm dead and done with you. <laughs> Here I thought I was being cute, being like, oh, New Orleans, yeah. you know... Um, you know, rag time, and you're like, Avril Lavigne, <laughs> best, 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 best. This has been super, super fun. Um, what, out of all the foods for Halloween and the Halloween-themed foods, because, you know, you work at a bakery and you're, this queer kitchen puts out a lot of food, yeah. um, have you seen anything really crazy that you're interested in trying to make or, or you're like, why would you ever make that? It's really interesting, and I think, um, like, my spicy candy is also really something mm-hmm. different, because every time I tell somebody about it, they're like, what are you talking about? You're going to have to send me somebody. I will absolutely send you some. And I'm going to be really angry. But... <laughs> you, you will. <laughs> you can handle the heat. Yes. All right. But um, anything out there that's, like... Really weird? Yeah. Like, have you seen the feet loaf? No. That it's meatloaf. Really it's meatloaf that you shape like big monster feet. Oh, okay. okay. And then you take onion slices and you put it where the ankle is that's, to that's resemble so the bones. Cute. Yeah, it's cute. I love like t- like putting um, 
liquid nitrogen or like dry ice and stuff and making it smoke. I think that's so cute. Yeah. But uh, anything else like that you would think? I just saw somebody on Wendy Williams the other day. Yes, I watch Wendy Williams. Y'all stop judging. Um, <laughs> you know, do one of those cupcake uh, fake cakes where you take the ice. You put all, a oh. bunch of cupcakes together, but you mix the icing so it looks like a flat sheet cake. Yeah. And then they crumbled cookies on it and put like Milano cookie halves for like graves and and gummy worms and whatnot. And that was really cute. I just saw something that was actually really horrifying. That was food. It was a cake that was that was shaped and looks like a real human baby. And then the video is someone taking a knife and cutting into the cake. And I audibly screamed because I did not know it was a cake. And then they pull it out and it's cake. And I was like, that is truly, truly horrifying. <laughs> it looks so real. People are sick. Yeah, People like, are sick. I don't understand what the obsession is. All the favorite scary movie. Beetlejuice. Doesn't Beetlejuice isn't scary? Uh, you thought Beetlejuice was scary? Okay, I did just watch Midsummer. Midsummer? Midsummer? I don't. I, I don't know. Is that new? It's new. It's a. It's a cult movie. Oh. And I still have nightmares about it. Oh. Or Hereditary. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, the old Friday the Thirteenth, and the old Halloween movies still scare the poop out of me. Yeah. Well, like that. It's. They were just masters of creating that silence and that suspense. It was... Uh, uh, uh. Oh, you know, like it was it. a really scary one because it's, like, filmed. Um, what's the title of it? I'm sure you've seen it. Everybody's seen it. It's when they, the three kids go into the woods to film a documentary. Blair Witch Project. The Blair Witch Project. Blair that Witch Project cool. scared the poop out of yeah, me, too. And still so does. Scary. Yeah. We, uh, what was that movie? Uh, Par- not Paranormal. Paranormal Activity. Yeah, that one. That was scary, I, too. My ex of, I don't know, a million years ago, we watched the first one, and he was so <laughs> frightened. <laughs> I love a scary movie, though. You do not want to watch a scary movie with me. I, like, grab onto people and, like, scream so loud. It's just, like, there's no point of even watching the movie. Oh, my God. I, I also get very, very, very involved with with scary movies yeah. or just movie in general. I, I, I don't like sports very much, but if I'm sitting there and somehow I'm watching some, you know, feel-good movie about sports and, you know, the underdog is about to win, I'm I'm the guy <laughs> in the movie theater screaming. Yeah. Like, oh! yeah. <laughs> Anywho, this has been really, really it's been fun. It's so much fun. I know. This, I just don't want this to end. I feel but like we could talk for hours, honestly. There's so many other weird things I'd love to bring up. We, we probably could, but uh, those uh, those listeners out there listening on their commute to work are probably thinking, still stuck on uh, pooping in the train <laughs> on a crowded train stuck in a tunnel. <laughs> so, we, uh, we, girl, we got to call it quits so they can get out. Um let the kids know where they can find you, where they can find this queer kitchen, yeah. and where maybe they can even see you or taste yeah. the delicacies coming out of that kitchen. I would love that because I really like take pride in meeting everybody that I talk to on Instagram, who finds me through my website, and I just I really love connecting with people. You can find me on thisqueerkitchen.com on Instagram and Facebook. I'm also This Queer Kitchen. And if you want to get in contact with me personally, you can email me at Gabrielle, G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-E, at thisqueerkitchen.com. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And as always, if you have questions, comments, complaints, well, not complaints. If you have questions and comments. We throw those in the trash. No, no, no. We send those to at Bianca Del Rio (laughs) on Instagram. (laughs) 
You can reach me at In Your Mouth Pod on Instagram and uh, Twitter. And as always, In Your Mouth NYC at gmail.com. Big love. Thanks and happy Holoqueer to Gabrielle Lenard. Thank you so much for having me. It's been and, an honor. Yeah, and I love this. I love this. And this is just the fostering of this beautiful friendship that we've created. And to all of you out there, be safe tomorrow night. Uh, act responsibly. Drink responsibly. If you take something for a, from a stranger, well, that's your own damn fault. And <laughs> as always, thanks for listening to... In yo mouth.